This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 309, How to Turn Your Savings into an Income Snowball with Bank on Yourself. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey, did you know we have a brand new membership site and that you are invited to join? That's right. This is our private community of not-so-average financial revolutionaries. It's a place where we can be held accountable to taking control of our financial futures one day at a time. I think you'll agree it's one of the best places on the internet. So often podcast episodes and YouTube videos with life-changing content can just come and go without any action taken. But our online community will be about actually taking action and getting real results. If you want to budget, you want to invest in real estate, learning about bank on yourself, now is your chance to take action. Come join us totally free at notyouraverage.mn.co. That's notyouraverage.mn.co. See you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's special episode. You know, oftentimes I get to interview many incredible guests on my show, uh, but in this podcast episode, Tanisha Souza, the CEO of TARDIS Wealth Strategies, will interview me. She'll be discussing with me the benefits of Bank on Yourself and how it fits into the income snowball. This is an intriguing financial strategy that she's developed uh, really to help people break financially free from the paycheck to paycheck cycle. So the income snowball is a patented system where she has really built a method of using cash flow from one investment to pay off another investment, uh, creating sort of a snowball effect of passive income. Now, oftentimes there's the need to borrow from a line of credit in her system. Uh, there's really a need to access some sort of a line of credit or other asset to kickstart the income snowball and to use that line of credit to purchase your passive income. This might be real estate or something like that. So the income snowball is really designed to help people achieve financial freedom and security by creating these self-sustaining passive income streams that can exceed their living expenses. And that's what she talks about when she references this income snowball. And I'll mention that a little bit in my, my talk with her and her audience. Unfortunately, and you'll get to understand this more as you listen to the episode, quite often people who follow the income snowball strategy are stuck with these lines of credit at the local bank or their home equity line of credit, uh, which keeps the control of the whole process, the income snowball process, in the hands of greedy bankers. So I've met too many people who've had their home equity lines of credit interest rates double over the last year as interest rates have gone up. Other people have seen their lines of credit frozen or even cut. Uh, or even called, meaning the debt balance on the home equity line of credit is due right then and there, right when most folks can least afford to pay it. Like the old saying goes, a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun shines, but wants it back as soon as it starts to rain. But what if there was a better way? What if you could become your own line of credit, in essence, 
to yourself, borrowing from an asset that you control. And you could always ensure that you'd never be stuck holding the bag if times got tough. That's where I think Bank on Yourself has a lot to say to those who follow the income snowball method. And I just want to say thank you to Jack Gerstner, a friend and client. And actually, he was a guest with me on my show on episode 215, if you guys want to go back and listen to my talk with Jack, who made me aware of this incredible income snowball system. So again, this podcast is going to really highlight the use of bank on yourself type life insurance as an alternative beneficial line of credit, which can be a better source of financing than traditional lines of credit from banks. However, we will talk quite a bit about how if the policy is designed incorrectly, the entire strategy can fall flat on its face. So it's very important to find the right person to work with. Guys, there is so much flawed advice of Wall Street and the myth of average rates of return that keep people from living financially free. And instead, they're stuck to their desk or to a day job. Most people have to live their financial lives pushing against the headwinds, but there is potential for a tailwind. We'll talk some about this in the uh, webinar here. If you can just find a way to control the environment in which your money lives. I will get into some of how the income snowball works and the benefits of coupling it with a whole life insurance policy as a long-term saving strategy. So if we can control the environment where your money lives, that would be key to financial success. Banks typically control the environment where our money lives, but traditional financial thinking is not going to be enough to achieve financial freedom. And Bank on Yourself is a unique and mostly forgotten financial vehicle that meets all the financial requirements for the income snowball and to reach financial freedom as Tanisha from TARDIS describes it. So that's enough in the way of introduction. I won't make you wait any longer. Check out this awesome conversation Tanisha and I had in front of her audience from TARDIS Wealth Strategies discussing Bank on Yourself and the Income Snowball. In almost every circumstance, lines of credit mean using somebody else's bank uh, to achieve that. Well, what if you could be your own line of credit? That's what we're going to be talking about together today. Obviously, we're not going to be giving any individual investment advice here. Talk to your professional who knows your specific situation before you jump into anything. I've had the great privilege of working with real estate investors, business owners, even some NFL Super Bowl champions. Uh, but most clients I work with just want more agency and control over their financial future. They want to get to that financial freedom date. I've had a lot of folks feel like the last few years almost felt as if they were just a tennis ball floating down the gutter of life. And what people find when we work together is that they can finally begin to swim upstream financially and take back control of their finances. You know, a banker loves to give you money when you don't need it and usually loves to take it away right when we do need our cash. And unfortunately, the problem is we are now... In a higher debt situation, credit card balances have reached an all-time, lifetime, worldwide record high uh, this year, 2023. And at the same time, we have reached an all-time record low in terms of our savings rate. We are just below the uh, all-time low, at just under 3%. Uh, so we are a cash-strapped nation for sure. I think part of it is average thinking. I think debts have, have exploded. Uh, we've become a nation of speculators. And what I hear a lot of people say is, hey, you know, prices are out of control. Inflation's going high. I can't keep up with my standard of living. So I really can't save a whole lot. So I just need to put more into riskier and riskier investments. 
And we can go through all sorts of discussions around the flawed advice of Wall Street, typical average myth, mythical averages in our rates of return. I'll just give you a quick one here. So sure. let's say we have an investment that is, let's say we throw in $10,000 into some sort of bucket that gives us a great rate of return. 10,000 bucks goes in. And let's say we doubled our money in the first year. So 10,000 went up to how much? 20,000 bucks, right? Yep. So we're feeling good. We're loving life. 20,000 uh, bucks is where we start year two. And unfortunately, that investment fails us. We lose half of our investment that year. So for, for 20,000, we started the year, we lost half of our money. We're back down to our original 10,000 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's two years later. Do you feel any wealthier after that little thought experiment? We started with 10, we went up to 20, we're back down to 10, but Wall Street and any mutual fund is legally allowed to tell you your average rate of return was 25% there. What? We went up a hundred we lost 50 divide by two years, that's an average of 25%. And that to me is criminal, but it also means that we're taking flawed advice and taking the myths of the market and we're, we're expecting something that's just never gonna happen. The average returns are myths that were shown on our quarterly statements on our 401ks. Uh, so it, it shocked me when I saw that that was, as far as SEC is concerned, completely legal to represent that you had a 25% rate of return and you're no better off as a result. That's crazy. So most people understand that airplanes don't fly in a vacuum. We're flying in an environment all the time, right? And, uh, you know, when, when we think about our little airplane of our financial life, our airplane can only go so fast. We only have so much income. Uh, but we're also faced with the prevailing interest rates in the world around us, market turbulence, you know, wars, supply chain shocks, and more. So there's all these different factors affecting our little airplane. And let's say our airplane can fly no faster than 100 miles an hour, given the, the you know, engine and the fuel we've got. But let's say our headwinds around us are coming at us at 200 miles an hour. No matter how hard our little airplane pushes into that wind, we're going to be moving in the wrong direction. And most people, that's how they live their lives. They live their life pushing as hard as they can with the income they have. And yet the banks and the outside externalities are pushing against them, making them move in the opposite direction. It's headwinds, right? No matter how hard we push, we're pushing into something that we really can't get out of. Uh, and most people think, well, the best thing I can do is just pay off all my debts, wait, wait for those winds to die down, wait for the market to come back, wait for inflation to come back down. And they just want to wait for nil wind is what I'm learning pilots call it. Nil wind means there's no wind. And we wait for our, our winds to die down. And then we can get our little airplane up there and fly at exactly 100 miles an hour. And a lot of people think that's as good as it gets to just have no debt, be debt free, and just live on nil wind and move our airplane as, as fast as our little engine can carry us. But is that as good as it gets? Of course not because most pilots also know that there's something called a tailwind. And if you can get a wind behind that little airplane pushing you at 200 miles an hour, plus your engine going at 100, now you're cooking with gas, right? You're moving at 300 miles an hour because you have now got a tailwind. Now, most people think there's no way to control the environment an airplane lives in, and that's true. And I've got a little fish at home and we, treat that fish well. We feed it every day. We keep the temperature in the water just right. 
But let's be clear, we control the environment in which our little fishy lives. And I would like to say that if you control the environment in which your money lives, you will win. If you could turn your headwind into a tailwind, imagine what you could do with your overall financial life and specifically how fast you could get to financial freedom. All right. Uh, so banks are typically the ones that control the environment in which our money lives. All right. So the, the headwinds from the tailwinds are really what changes everything. This is not your average financial thinking. This is not just about trying to get a little higher rate of return on our mutual funds here or getting a higher cash on cash return in some sort of investment. This is about totally controlling the environment where your money lives, being your own source of financing. But you have to be patient and you have to fill up your gas tank in the meantime. So what if you could see your money grow at a faster and faster rate, no matter what, every single year? What if you could keep your money available and liquid for whatever you need for any reason? What if you had a plan for being financially free without taking a bunch of unnecessary risks? And what if you owned and controlled the outcome of your financial plan before you even started? Think about how that would feel for a minute. Some of the situations that we're finding ourselves in for the first time in many of our lifetimes, or at least our adult lifetimes, lines of credit are, are becoming a little trickier these days. Rates are going up. I just saw an 11.8% uh, HELOC. Uh, wow. Didn't expect to see that anytime soon. That used to be hard money lending type money, right? So cap rates are being squeezed. Banks are under significant pressure. Layoffs uh, in the banking sector, mortgages especially. Lines of credit, as we all know, can be frozen. Back to that Mark Twain quote, you know, banker loves to take away the umbrella as soon as it starts to rain. One of the questions I like to ask our clients when we sit down one-on-one -on -one is, hey, what do you want your money doing for you? What do you want your money doing for you? Where you put your money will make it do different things. It'll act differently depending on where you put it. And you put my little fishy in the right environment, he's going to survive, he's going to multiply, and he's going to thrive. If you put my little fishy you know, in a, in a potted plant, he's not going to last very long. I mean, that's the wrong environment. So where you put your money makes it act differently. So what do you truly want your money doing for you? Think about that for a moment. If you spent five, 10 minutes thinking about this, you'd probably be better than most Americans because um, most of us never stop to think. We just blindly put our money in our 401ks and hope and pray. But if you spent a little time saying, well, what do I want my money doing for me? I'm working hard for this money. It might as well work for me. Then what kind of change might that make if your money was working for you rather than you having to work for it? In fact, I like to say, hey, if you just had $1 for all of life's needs, emergencies, investments, everything, what would you want your money doing for you? What characteristics or attributes should it have? So just answer yes or no to where your money is today. For example, where your money is today, is it safe or could you lose some money? What about guarantees? Do you want your money guaranteed to grow? How about penalties? Is where your money is living today penalized if you try to access it. I always thought it was sort of funny. The government seems to think we should wait until we're 59 and a half, like we, we're not adults until we're 59 and a half years old before we can get access to our money. All right. What about liquidity? Can you get access to money if and for whatever reason you need? What about leverage? Can you create the most amount of wealth for the least amount of money? And that's something I think you know we're all very interested in here. Can you create the most amount of wealth for the least amount of money? What about tax advantages? Does it grow tax deferred every year? Could you get access to it without any taxes due? Again, stop, stop me if this starts to sound almost illegal that we're even having this conversation. <laughs> no, it's just sort of like 
has anyone ever felt like they could even think this way to be so blue sky in our thinking? What about private? I want my money wherever it is to be outside of the reach of creditors, creditors, courts. I want to use my money as collateral to use it as collateral, use it and let it continue to grow for me. And I certainly want to be able to pass this on to my next generation. And yet we put most of our money in things that don't look anything like what we want our money doing for us. So here's the key question. Does something like this list of yeses and nos here, does something like that actually exist? The good news is yes. Yes, it does. I looked at several hundred strategies as I was studying to become a CFP years ago, certified financial planner. And I looked at detailed dynastic trusts, uh, annuities, real estate, you know, mutual funds, certainly, and, and lots of other strategies, but I could not find anything else in the financial universe that met all of my own requirements than something called bank on yourself. Now, bank on yourself is essentially a high cash value, dividend paying whole life insurance contract. Now, at first I was kind of startled and honestly a little skeptical, but the more I studied, the more I was compelled to really review this as a unique and mostly forgotten financial vehicle. Uh, that's been around for centuries. Now, first of all, I got to say, this is very unlike traditional whole life insurance that most radio infotainers love to hate on. Infotainers, yeah. <laughs> they are talking about a kind of whole life that I have not seen in probably 40 years, but they are talking about a legitimately expensive type of whole life insurance. What we do when we design Bank on Yourself designed whole life is we're dramatically lowering the commissions and the expenses by 50 to 70%, which allows us to flood your policy with cash value on day one. We'll talk about cash value again here in just a minute. And again, that exponentially increases your liquid available money 40 times more than older versions of whole life insurance. It also has an increasing death benefit to keep up with inflation in addition to the increasing cash value. So that's nice too. It creates a legacy instantly because it is life insurance. We're building up a cash value. That cash value, we'll talk more about, it's essentially the living benefit, if I can say it that way. It's the line of credit that we'll be talking more about here. We'll grow our cash value predictably and guaranteed every single year. It's very hard for a financial planner like myself to use the word guaranteed, but it's not my guarantee. It's the insurance company making that guarantee. So we can use that word in this case. Access to the liquid cash value at any time for any reason. Access to cash value, income tax-free if we designed it correctly. And we can even borrow from the policy and it continues to grow as if we haven't touched a dime of the money. Wow. You can borrow against the cash value at any time and it will continue to earn interest and dividends even on the capital you borrowed as if you had not touched a dime of the money. And in this way, we can actually benefit from our own line of credit to ourselves. So what do I mean by this? Okay, so if we want to borrow from this policy, you can typically borrow about 85 to 90% of the cash value at any time, typically at below market rates. Cash value will continue to earn interest as if it had never been borrowed against. So in this way, our money is doing two things at once. If you could borrow from the policy and go buy an investment, not only do you get the investment and the cash flow from that asset, whatever you bought, but you're still getting compound interest and possible dividends on top of that inside your whole life policy. So you've got arbitrage there in many ways. And then again, you benefit from these loans. The interest goes to the general fund where it can be used to pay you as a policy owner and a mutual owner in this company. All right. So most people think that it's either pay off debts or save up and pay cash. 
And I'm here to say there's a third way. So when you buy something and you have no money to buy it, what do you do? You have to go into debt. So we're now below net zero. And every 30 days, what's due on that debt? Well, monthly payments. So we start climbing our way, crawling and scratching our way back up to net zero, only to do what? We have to buy that next car. The kids are kicking the back seat. So we fall back down the debt staircase and then we climb our way back up. Does this feel like a treadmill? If yes, uh, you're not alone. So what's the alternative? Most people think, well, we just save up in a savings account and save up and pay a little money into our savings. And then hopefully we'll save up and pay cash for that car or whatever. And what do we get? We get something that looks like the debt staircase just in reverse. We spend the money, we withdraw it from our bank accounts. This is the typical American way to do it. We save up and pay cash and we, we withdraw that money and we earn zero on the money we withdrew. As soon as we withdraw that money from our bank account, it's gone forever. And we just keep breaking compound interest over and over again. It's like hitting ourselves. You know, it's, it's self-inflicted wounds. And the way bank on yourself type whole life insurance works is you can continuously get uninterrupted compound growth on the money. It's wealth creation. And you borrow against it and pay yourself back on your own interest or on your own schedule. And it continues to earn interest as if you had not touched the money. All right, some things that we need to consider. There are insurance costs to buying this policy. You might also consider a downside Wall Street FOMO, fear of missing out, because these policies are going to give us middle single digit returns, nice and boring, keeping up with inflation. And it actually improves as interest rates rise, but we're never going to see a 35% you know, stock-like return or something on a, on a whole life policy. And it is a long-term saving strategy. All right. But the biggest risk I would say is working with the wrong advisor. And I can't emphasize this enough. I've seen thousands of people say, oh yeah, I've got one of those. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know what you're talking about. But unfortunately, what your advisor does not know can hurt you. In fact, all of this, growing slowly, unnecessary fees, commissions, undue risk. I've seen people thinking they had something like this. They called it something else. And it was still tied to a market-based account or a tax disaster that they didn't want. So you want to make sure you're working with a bank on yourself professional to make sure you've got quality control. It's kind of like USDA organic in that regard. When you do this, you are controlling the money. You control it. It's a private contract, private, between you and the insurance company. Nobody else knows, not even TransUnion, Experian, Equifax. These okay. guys don't notice all this stuff is happening. It's private. Uh, the loan approval process is zilch. Basically, it's, hey, how much do you want and what bank account can we send it to? Uh, no government limits on contributions, no RMDs, no early withdrawal penalties. There's no prohibited transactions. This is kind of cool. So you could buy an investment property or fix up your kitchen and rent out your house for Airbnb, whatever you want to do. There's no, unlike an IRA, there's no prohibited transactions. There's no custodians looking over your back and there's no red tape. So this is Dan's story. Dan Proskauer, he's a client uh, who, as a, a colleague of mine, um, and this is his net worth chart from 1999 to 2008. Notice it's basically flat. He, had, he maxed out his 401ks. He did all the right things. But he basically had no growth on his net worth for over a decade. And then in 2009, he opened up his first bank on yourself policy. And look at what's happened in the prevailing years. It's continued to increase. And he continues to borrow against his life insurance and buy assets, buy income-producing, dividend-paying stock in his case, but it could just as easily be real estate or anything else. 
So what if we could use banking to our advantage rather than our disadvantage? What if we could become our own source of financing? And as a result, we could live our best life possible. I believe that this tool is a part of a well-diversified plan. It's not either or. It's not either or, it's both and. Now, one thing that a lot of people ask was, hey, aren't you stuck with a lifetime of premium payments? Don't you have to throw money into this thing? Doesn't that slow down our financial freedom date when we can finally break free? No, you can fund this thing with a lump sum, one single premium if you want to. And there's some actual specific advantages to this. In fact, 90 plus percent of your cash value is liquid and available to borrow within 30 days. So if you put in a hundred grand, for example, maybe 90 to 95,000 bucks of cash value within a month, starting your policy. So here's an example of someone who's 40 when he or she starts and they had 25 grand they could throw into their dividend paying whole life policy designed to bank on yourself way. And notice how much in premium did this person pay in year two and three and following? Zero. Zero. Okay. So was there any ongoing drag on their financial freedom by paying in premiums? No, we have one lump sum and we're done. And our cash value there was 23,500 bucks. So that is incredible for whole life insurance. Most whole life insurance shows a goose egg in year one. That's right. You know, this shows 90 plus percent of their money available right away. And how about our gift to the family? You know, if, if we had not started this policy, we would give our family 25 grand if we died. But if we start the policy and pass away, then we've just doubled the gift to our family. Now, one more thing here. This is, in essence, a guaranteed to increase line of credit for you. And they need that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Now we're looking at the same policy, but this time with loans. There was a loan taken in year one, and then we pay that loan off two years later. Now, in reality, maybe we're paying that loan off on a monthly basis. Maybe so depending on how you guys set it up. But over that course of that two or three years, we pay off the loan completely. And then we notice, oh yeah, the cash value is the same. Whether we borrowed from this policy or not, the cash value grows as if we had not touched the money. So not only did we not break compound growth within this policy, but we also now have your income producing asset, whatever it was you purchased or invested in there. Whether we borrowed from this policy or not, it will continue to compound and grow. Well, that was a lot of fun for me. And again, thank you to Tanisha and the whole group there at Tardis Wealth Strategies. Truly, I am blown away that bank on yourself and the income snowball is not something that's at least presented as a option for people who are wanting to build real wealth. Why isn't this talked about in high school? Why isn't this talked about in college? The policy, Bank on Yourself Designed Policy, is a great option for accessing cash. It's a policy that's private and not reported to credit bureaus. There are no government limits on contributions, no required minimum distributions, no early withdrawal penalties, no prohibited transactions for accessing the money. The policy could be funded with a lump sum or with monthly payments. The cash value is liquid. It's available to borrow within, you know, really a few weeks of starting your policy. And really the money can be accessed within about a week or so when you ask for it. The policy is used as a guaranteed increasing line of credit. 
what can I say about my home equity line of credit or my personal line of credit at the bank? Nothing guaranteed about that, except the banker is going to win. The policy, of course, has tax advantages. And if we've designed it right, could be accessed totally tax-free. The type of insurance policies used, of course, is a dividend-paying whole life insurance policy issued by a mutual life insurance company with paid-up additions and non-direct recognition loans. That's a mouthful, so we just call that bank on yourself for short. So thanks again to Tanisha. I did have just, as we wrap up, just a couple of quick action items and takeaways from our workshop. One, evaluate your current financial situation. Figure out your headwinds. What are your headwinds, financially speaking? What are your tailwinds that are affecting the wealth creation in your life? Number two, learn more about how Bank on Yourself and the Income Snowball Strategy might be able to help you achieve your financial freedom, your financial security. How would those fit into your financial life? Third takeaway, use your policy, if you have one, as a line of credit to finance your personal or business needs, whether it's paying off debt or doing things like uh, creating income streams for yourself, such as investing in real estate or starting a business or funding other assets that create cash flow. Next takeaway, take and enjoy the benefits of having a private, liquid, tax-advantaged, and even guaranteed-to-increase source of financing within the policy that grows regardless of market conditions. And finally, share your experience with Bank on Yourself with friends and family to help them create their own wealth reserve and possibly even an income snowball. Thank you guys for joining me for this kind of fun and uh, venture into a brand new topic. And I hope that it's been helpful and enlightening for you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your income, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.